You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Kentucky plays Florida on Saturday, a 6 o'clock game. A big game, especially since uh, Kentucky is now uh, has a two-game lead on Florida LSU and Auburn, all three of those teams tied at nine and four uh, in second place. And Kentucky, you know, could obviously gain another game and uh, just keep getting hotter and hotter and improve its standing. A a kid, one of my sons, asked me today, uh, if we beat Florida on Saturday, does that mean we'll go up in the rankings? I'm like, well... I think so. <laughs> we'll see, but yeah, I think so. Uh, also, uh, something that uh, we'll talk about is the uh, picnic campaign. Uh, Nick Richards' picnic for SEC Player of the Year. A great uh, video. I think maybe the best marketing video for a player that I've ever seen Kentucky do. Um, the best best job that they've done so far uh, with with a campaign. Uh, for like player of the year. This this one's really, really good. So we'll discuss that and much more on Nick Richards. Uh, and Kyle has been busy crunching some numbers on on that player of the year race uh, and what it comes down to when it when you just boil it down to numbers. Also, uh, we'll touch on a couple of UK signees who have had a good week. And then we said, as we closed out the podcast yesterday, that we would discuss wins above bubble, look into it. Well, we have, and now I have a headache um, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's a little complex. I can't figure out how they come up with the number, but we'll, we'll touch on that just briefly. Let's, let's begin with Nick Richards uh, because that, the way they did this, Kyle, uh, I mean, it was you know a, kind of a parody on an election ad, which was brilliant, and... Um, I just haven't seen like in the past when Kentucky has had, you know, Benny Snell for Heisman or, um, you know, Lynn Bo- pushing Lynn Bowden. Um, I've not seen them have this kind of level. I don't remember them doing anything for PJ Washington like this because PJ Washington had that stretch where it was he was really pushing Grant Williams for Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think the way the only way to get anybody to notice these sort of award campaign uh, pushes is to do something really different. Yeah. And it's hard to do something different. I mean, you know, you got to get the basics in there. They're, you know, stats and why they're a good candidate. But this was great. I mean, doing the the picnic, one, that it's got a hashtag, two, that it's like built, we're in this crazy election year and they built it as a, as a campaign ad with the campaign ad voice guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, do the little backstory. Nick Richards was born in Jamaica with a baby photo and all that stuff. So uh, well written. So it, well it written. It was really well I, I I as I understand it, I think the idea came from a brainstorming session and uh, was born from the brain, you won't be shocked by this of TJ Beisner. 
Yes. Uh, and I think uh, Eric Lindsay wrote the script, and then a bunch of people were involved in getting the the testimonials, quote unquote. And, yeah. Uh, those were cool because one, they were like there. Some of them were funny, but also if you really paid attention, like to the uh, uh, what do you call that thing? The uh, craw. What do you? The super, the, like the lower third. Yeah, isn't does it like? Isn't it called like a Chiron? Chiron, yeah, yeah. Uh, the where they describe who the person is, like you would say, like like English professor under somebody when they're on a right. TV clip. Jimmy and Dykes, like, loudmouth. Was was it loudmouth? <laughs> no, no, it was airplane. It was like airplane yeah. pilot or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. And then uh, I think uh, Manuel quickly was like pretty good free throw shooter. Right. <laughs> like, so those were funny. Uh, they had Leah Edmond, his girlfriend, in there, and that was great. Um, Even just on those uh, testimonials with the, the camera movement, like instead of a static shot, they would move the camera in just a little bit. Like that yeah. just adds an extra layer of campaign type ad. Oh, thing it was it. it was very it was it was just very well done. Uh, I laughed uh, just at the sort of the nature. It wasn't like an overly hilarious ad. It was just like the idea, the whole concept of the ad made me laugh. It felt um, like it could have been on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, very very campy. It was great. I mean, it was it was excellent. Uh, and then the end, it's like I'm Nick Richards and I approve this message. <laughs> um, it was all really. It was that was all really good. I Jay, loved it. Got yeah. Jay Billis involved. That's um, the kind of creativity you need. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, so. and so. Uh, and they launched a website with it. Uh, but, um, you know, he's a real kid. The, the, the crazy thing about all of this is that, I mean, creativity, great. It was awesome. It's amazing. But just, I, I continue to be sort of like stupefied that here we sit. Well, before you get into the numbers, what? No, no, the, not the numbers. Just that oh, here okay. we sit a year removed from thinking like maybe Nick Richards just can't play basketball. <laughs> To Kentucky building like its most creative ad campaign ever, around a legitimate candidacy for uh, not this is this isn't even the SEC Player of the Year. This, this is, is like this an All American, All America, yeah. You know, they're. I mean, I guess it's just all awards, but like they they're pushing him for All American. Um, that 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 fact alone just boggles my mind. Well, when you were talking about T.J. Beisner, he, I mean, the two tweets that he had that, that followed that, like, I forgot to make dinner reservations for my anniversary, and my wife was furious, so Nick Richards made us a five-course meal from scratch and served it over candlelight, all while serenading us with love songs from the year we were married. <laughs> Hashtag picnic. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the He's next a funny one. guy. Like, T.J. is one of the, the most clever people that have ever been sort of in this Kentucky basketball orbit, I think. Yes. And he says, uh, the other one that he tweeted was, you know the expression, nobody's perfect? <laughs> Nick Richards made it up to make the rest of us feel good about ourselves because he's just that good of a guy. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's good. I mean, the, the, this is, and I think they're going to release more materials on this, to, maybe as people are listening on Friday. Uh, it's great. I, I, would, I think they're going to start rolling out some stuff for Emmanuel quickly as well. Um, and I, I assume there'll be some Ashton Hagen's defensive player of the year, um, materials, but this was, this is cool. And what a neat thing for Nick Richards. Um, well, I'm going to do one numbers thing cause everybody knows kind of the raw data, but can we I read talking, one more tweet though? Yeah. I mean, these are too good. This should become a thing. I think it's, it's going a, to, I think that's yeah. the goal. 
Because this guy says, once I was driving my car during a thunderstorm, a tree branch broke free and came hurtling at my car. Nick Richards came out of nowhere, rain streaming off a Jamaican flag draped across his back like a superhero cape, and he swatted the branch away. Saved my life. Hashtag picnic. That's great. Yeah, and it's, it's, this is, is a, a very, uh, a very, very clever um, campaign because I think it'll, 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 it will do the thing that you have to do. Um, get attention by being different. So and there's cool. a there's a great um, um, someone put like a campaign poster together that it's it's Barack Obama style from the twenty I think it was 2016. Uh, no wait, not 2016. He, I think it was his second one, his second that he was trying to get elected the second time. And, you know, his, you know, the slogan was hope, and they would have kind of like that. It would have like a kind of a posterized look where it was yep. like reddish and blue and. And so it's got Nick Richards at the rim denying a shot, and it's all in the Barack Obama campaign, you know, font and everything. Instead of hope, it says nope. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. I, I'll, enough of that. You guys can go on Twitter and find it all yourself, but it's it's great. It is. It is. It's very good. And uh, like I said, everybody kind of knows the basic stats, but one that we right before oh, wait. we went on. We're, we're so far over to take a break. We're like. We're, we're heading. I'm going to stab you through this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we will start down the road that you had begun going down before you were so rudely interrupted several times <laughs> when we returned on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast talking about Nick Richards and Kyle. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, we, we were talking about this. It was weird. I had looked up some stuff for about Emmanuel quickly, some advanced stats, and maybe we'll get to that later in the podcast, uh, synergy stuff, um, where it ranks, it has everybody sort of sorted. Everybody in college basketball gets graded. They break down film of every game. We've talked about it before. And then you get the raw data and then the national percentile, like offensive defensive rating and several other things. And I was looking up some stuff comparing Emmanuel quickly to other SEC Player of the Year candidates, other than Nick, just because everybody, sort of my readership, knows about Nick. But I hadn't looked up Nick's, and you asked me that. What were Nick's numbers? And I had not looked, and I had not looked in a while. I have not too long ago. Um, So I pull up Nick's profile, and you heard me, like, audibly gasp. He is in the 99th percentile nationally in offensive efficiency, uh, scoring 1.21 points per possession. And he's in the 85th percentile defensively, allowing 0.691 points per possession. Wow. And, you know, that may not even register other – like 99th percentile, I think everybody understands. In, in all players in college basketball, he's in the very top 1%. You get that. But if some of that other stuff doesn't really resonate with you, the, the gist of it is there's not a single player in the SEC that comes close to that combination that highly ranked in both um, quickly was actually the highest ranked player of all the people I looked at earlier in the day, you know, comparing him to Mason Jones and uh, Perry from Mississippi state and Brian Tyree and Anthony Edwards. Um, Emmanuel quickly. From- so basically Kentucky has the, the best and the second best comp two players in terms of combination uh, offensive defense. and defensive uh, efficiency ranking, but Nick's is just like mind blowing. I mean, I, I did not expect it to be that high. I, I must not have looked at it in a, two or three weeks, but uh, it's pretty ridiculous. 
Well, because after LSU, you asked Calipari, should we, you know, we've been talking about Nick, but should we be talking about Emmanuel quickly as, you know, player of the year candidate in the SEC, which I imagine prompted you looking and seeing what Mason Jones numbers were Correct. and Brian Tyree and Reggie Perry. And, and you found that quickly was better than all of them. So, yes, you know, based on those numbers, yes, we should be talking about Emmanuel quickly as a SEC player of the year candidate. But I think uh, <laughs> Calipari very well knew at the time that this Nick picnic campaign was about to launch. That right. you know they didn't just come up with this uh, yesterday and and threw it all together. This thing's been in the works, uh, and I, I imagine he didn't want to say, uh, "Yeah, you should look uh, at uh, at quickly." When he knew this thing was coming out. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that influenced it, but it certainly would make more sense uh, to compare, by the way. I told you he quickly had the, the second-best combo of numbers. Uh, he's 92nd uh, percentile offensively, which is the second-highest of the guys I looked at in the SEC behind Nick, and 70th percentile in defensive rating, and that's very good. That's a, that's a very good rating. Um, and that's third among the guys you looked up? Uh, defensively, he has the highest. Quickly, yeah, quickly would have the highest, the second highest offensive rating and the third highest defensive rating behind Nick and Mason uh, Jones. Yeah, Mason Jones. Randomly, I don't, I don't know if this matches the eye test at all. He's really known for scoring, but he was in the 80th offensive and 98th defensive. Hmm. Um, so he's had a great year too. But uh, maybe Richards, he guards the other team's worst player. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, Nick Richards is is ridiculous. And uh, to that end, um, I have a big piece. By, by the time people are listening to this, it's out uh, Friday morning on The Athletic. Um, I had heard this little nugget, and I, I decided to sort of chase it and, and flesh it out. Uh, and that is, um, you know, I think we've all kind of wondered, like, what has been the secret? And I think we all understand that really – what's turned Nick around is finally having confidence in himself. Um, that has been so different, but right. I, I would say the reason uh, or, or the issue before now, before this year was not having that confidence. And I, I was talking to his girlfriend, Leah, um, and she said, you know, Leah Edmonds, the, uh, yes, uh, Leah all Edmonds. SEC, SEC player of the year, volleyball player. Yeah. Yeah. Two time SEC player of the year, the school's first ever four time all American. She knows a thing or two about confidence. And I've written a story. Uh, I wrote a story last year about her trying to help him with that. Um, but she told me that, uh, right before this season, he wanted to get on the phone with another big man from Jamaica, uh, who took up basketball late and turned out pretty good at it, named Patrick Ewing. <laughs> um, and honestly, like I, I didn't even like put two and two together. They're from, they're both from Kinston, Jamaica. Hmm. Um, and uh, Patrick Ewing came over to the United States when he was twelve and started basketball. Nick came over at fourteen and started basketball. They both had been soccer players. Patrick Ewing also played cricket. Uh, Nick Richards also played volleyball um, late to the game. Um, and, you know, Patrick Ewing became a national player of the year in college. The Final Four MVP won a national title, became an 11-time All-Star, is in the Naismith Hall of Fame, is one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history, Played was a center as well. Um, there were a lot of reasons for Nick Richards to feel like they had some kinship um, oh yeah, and he wanted to reach out, so they got connected. They got on the phone, 
right before the season. And essentially, Patrick Ewing said, okay, what's wrong? Uh, and Ewing had, had gotten to know him by watching him on that HBO documentary, uh, student athlete that was following Nick when he was a recruit, when Nick basically said on camera. Really? Like, I, I, yeah. Nick said, I want to be a one and done. You know, I'm, I'm going to do one year and go to the NBA. So he's had that pressure on him, you know, since high school. Right. Um, and Patrick Ewing got on the phone with him this, this fall, and I think in October, and said, you know, what's the deal? And Leah Edmond, his girlfriend, told me that it was the first time she'd ever heard Nick admit out loud that he did not believe in himself. You know, everybody knew it. Everybody could tell it. People, everybody kept asking him about it, including, you know, idiot reporters like me, and it just made well, him feel Kenny worse. Well, Kenny Payne would say Nick's biggest problem is in his own yeah, head. Yeah, everybody would talk about it. But she said he was always, it was an ego thing. It's like it, it hits your ego to say, no, I don't believe in myself. And so yeah. he would always say, no, I don't really have a confidence problem. I, I believe in myself. But he finally told Patrick Ewing, I don't believe in myself. And so they had a conversation about it. Um, and she said it was really a breakthrough for him. And he, once he was able to finally like verbalize it and admit it, uh, he started doing something about it. She said he hates to read. He started reading books uh, about, you know, mental toughness, about self-confidence, about, you know, kind of like the, the Nate Sestina thing the other night, you know, just like read, reading about, reading experts explaining like this is how you kind of get out of your own head. Uh, and I thought the other thing that was interesting about that in terms of now, okay, you don't believe in yourself, what do you do about it? She said he started going into the gym not just to clock in and have everybody see you because everybody's always talked about his work ethic. But she said there's a difference and I love talking to Leah Edmond because she's a high-level athlete, super confident, super smart, super thoughtful, and she can she understands what her three-year now three-year boyfriend Nick Richards has gone through. Yeah, and she said there's a difference between basically going to the gym so everybody sees you going in and you're putting in work, you know, quote unquote, and actually going in there with a purpose and understanding why you're there and what you're there to work on, um, and that right. changed for Nick. It's like going um, to church or, you know. Right, yes, exactly. Or anything else that you would just yeah. go through the motions on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and Nick told me that he picked Patrick Ewing's brain. I talked, I got the chance to talk to Patrick Ewing about uh, talking to Nick. And, and so that's all in the story. I hope people will So check you it spoke out. to Patrick Ewing about it. What's that? Yes, I did. Sp I spoke to yeah. Patrick Ewing. I spoke to Nick about it. I talked to Leah about it. So uh, it's a long read about confidence, lack thereof, you know. It, mm -hmm. it, admitting to yourself that you have a problem and learning how to fix it um, and really sort of just gets at the heart of like what has truly uh, changed about Nick Richards because it's not a lot physical. I mean, talent-wise, like it's always been in there. I mean, you could see those little flashes of it. Right. Um, you know, and, and Leah also talks in there about the moment she knew that this change was for real, you know, and admits that there was a, there was a little – little brief time in the middle of the season where she went, uh-oh, <laughs> not again. Yeah. Um, and Nick and how Nick proved to her that he was different. Um, so I think it's kind of cool and timely now that they've, uh, the day after they launched this uh, All-America campaign, which I had, I did not know was coming, but uh, um, hope people will check it out. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit wins above bubble bubble. Uh, I, I, my brain is trained to say wins above replacement because I got used to that war stat that's in baseball. So uh, wins above bubble. 
that one of our uh, listeners, thank you, had brought up. And then uh, Devin Askew and BJ Boston. And then the UK women's team, big weekend for them as well. When we return here on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast. This is Lockdown Kentucky, your team every day. We're back here on the Lockdown Kentucky podcast. And um, UK women's basketball team beat Old Miss as they should have. Thursday night in Oxford, 94-52. Ole Miss was 0-12 in the SEC going into that game. But it was kind of a trap game for Kentucky because the women just came off the big win over number 6 Miss State on Sunday. And then this Sunday, they have South Carolina at Memorial Coliseum. South Carolina ranked number 1 in the country, and rightfully so. And the last time, well, Kentucky, I believe, opened SEC play with South Carolina in Columbia and got absolutely destroyed. Uh, It kind of helped them in a way refocus and turn around, and they started playing really well. And now they're kind of bunched up in uh, in a pack of teams that are all like uh, eight and four, nine and four, right in there. Trying UK women trying to get that that double buy as well, just like the men, Uh, but. It is going to be a tough, tough uh, game on Sunday. We'll see if they're able to do it. I mean, they got they got the star, Ryan Howard, uh, who can carry him. So we'll Getting him at home that. helps. Yes, it Maybe. Does. I mean, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> That's a really good team. But. It is. Yeah, there, there's something special. Um, and then, um, oh, I should tell this real quick. I, I, I cannot stand their coach, Dawn Staley. And the reason why. <laughs> she is such a sore loser. Really? Such a sore loser. They talk about, you know, it makes me sick when I hear all this praise for her and what kind of person she is and all that. Kentucky had beaten South Carolina in Memorial Coliseum. And so they come back for the post-game press conference. And Dawn Staley is so, so much of a sore loser, she won't answer questions. She's given one-word answers. She's just all all mad about losing, which I understand. I mean, you hate to lose. You're a competitor. It sucks to lose, but you're the head coach. You know the game. This this, this is nothing new. How, what would you be doing if uh, you had won the game? How would you be addressing the media then, you know? Right. Win or lose, you got to go talk about it. And she so the, was So the Rick Pitino of the women's game? Oh, uh, it was much worse than that. I mean, it was <laughs> it was temper tantrum baby stuff. It was uh, just being smart ass to every reporter's question, um, and then just giving really brief, quick answers, and it just just being like I said, ten, being baby. And and after I saw that, I'm like, great example, coach. I, I'm 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 glad to see this. I, I am really, you know, I I really think you're a leader of women. This is the kind of person I would, can I bring my kid? Hey kids, could you come in here and watch her? This is how you should act. I was, I was so disgusted by it that I, I can't stand to even look at her face. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, there's just no excuse for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the national championship and they lost on a last second shot. You know what I mean? It yeah. was a, you know, conference game. You lost at Kentucky and now I have you, no opinion on Don Staley, but I trust I trust Dan. Or or you just say, you know, I can't do it. I, I honestly can't do it. I am so frustrated with what happened tonight. I just can't do it. Yeah, I, mean, I, coach, I, I think that's it. one way to do it. If just yeah. like say, look, I, I'm if my, Mama taught me if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at right. all. And I'm so mad at my team right now that I'm going to yeah. say something I regret. So how about that? I, I would that? respect. Yeah. 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 So anyway. 
A great week for Devin Askew and BJ Boston. Boston being uh, named one of what, like five? Five. One of, yep. Yeah, one of five finalists for the uh, Naismith High School Trophy. I mean, National Player of the Year in high school basketball. Uh, and then Devin Askew. Uh, by the way, those four of UK's signees were were picked to go to the Jordan Brand All Star Game. Uh, that also happened, I believe, this week. Uh, and then Devin Askew, uh, Tuesday night, same night, Kentucky beat LSU. He went off for like 43 points against a big-time program. It wasn't like he had 43 against. Yeah, it was a know, big win. I forgot who, who it was a nationally ranked team. So they, something Ranch or Rancher or Ranchero. Ranchero, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, Another I national think he, team. I think he yeah. either had one or no turnovers um, in a game where he was scoring and shooting it like that. So that's uh, – that is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Ranchero Christian, Rancho Christian, sorry. There you go. Uh, he had 43 points. Let's see if I can get some more of his uh, stats there. Yeah, uh, 43 points. Um, and it was a playoff win? I don't know what. Uh... Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Askew was 7 of 7 from 3, so that's a pretty encouraging thing if you're yeah. Kentucky. I mean, I think I think that's one thing that maybe a lot of people don't recognize is uh, that they have a point guard coming in who can really shoot it, which they haven't had in a while. Right. Um, and if you somehow could get, you know, Emmanuel quickly back, or if not him, you know, have Johnny Juzang stay, you're going to have some shooters on that team next year. Yeah. I talked to Chris Fisher this week from, uh, uh, you know, 24-7 Sports. Uh, about Askew, and he was just, uh, yeah, he was just raving about um, what Kentucky's getting. Just yeah, he's terrific. I mean, he, I, I really, I'm very high on Devin Askew. I, I like his attitude. He's kind of a pit bull. I know the staff is super excited about him. Um, it's, uh, he, he's, he's good. But the BJ Boston thing too, that is not a small thing to be one of the five players under consideration to be National High School Player of the Year. He has seriously yeah. elevated himself um, this season. It was like he—I think he had kind of a rocky spring and summer in the, on the AAU circuit. He did not shoot it well uh, from three. I think he was like one for something. It was—it was very bad. Um, but he has gone out to that uh, Sierra Canyon where LeBron and Dwayne Wade's kids and a bunch of other four and five star recruits are. It's a super yeah. team, and he's been their best player all year. Um, so this is a, this is a big deal, and and. You know, for everybody that's lamented that they didn't get the elite, elite guys the last couple of years, I think they have two of them coming in, and Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston. And then you got a point guard like Devin Askew. They're, this is a great class that yeah. Kentucky has coming in. All right, and before we go, let's uh, let's let's mention this uh, wins above. <laughs> I feel bubble. like I'm not smart enough to discuss it, but. I know do, that's, do that's go the, ahead. <laughs> no, that's the problem. Is uh, I mean, that's what I'm going to say about it. Is I'm not smart enough to discuss it. I, I understand what it um, what it attempts to do. Uh, so I understand the, the metric itself, but I, I can't figure out how they're, they're coming about it. But basically what it is, is they take uh, your, it's your expected win percentage against an average division one team on a neutral court. So right now, let's say uh, who's on the bubble. Um, like Arizona State. Arizona State's a team that's on the bubble. They just beat um, Oregon 
tonight, right? Yes, sure. they did. Um, so anyway, so it would be um, one of the bubble teams. Just go and look at whoever's last four out or something. So take Arizona well, they did State. Beat Ari- or bit, did beat Oregon. Oregon That's a big tonight. win yeah. for them. So you, you take Arizona State. What would your expected – what's your, your win percentage against Arizona State on a neutral court? And then what is that required for your record to be the median expectation? So what so, – so that gets a little confusing there, I know. But basically, what would a team do against your schedule? What would that team, the bubble what would a team, bubble do? team do against your schedule? What would Arizona State do against Kentucky's schedule? And so, I understand that part because uh, that's how you would, you know, rank people is what they would do against your schedule. But then, how did you come up with that? So, is there a is there a site that's doing that? So, Seth Byrne um, is the guy who does it, and yes, he has. Um, I guess it's sethburn.wordpress.com, and he's the one that has... I see that his headline is Seth Burn Football and Cats. <laughs> so he's the one who has, but he was he's getting more play on this because Ken Pomeroy, you know, one of the one of the chief architects of, of some of the numbers we now use to select teams into the tournament and his Ken Palm rankings. Uh, he wrote an article uh, that suggested that Stephen F. Austin uh, is a has a stronger case to be a bubble team than anyone uh, is talking about because they play in a it'd be like an OVC team that's that's playing really really well like if EKU was just uh, was twenty two and three right now what would you say about the, uh, they would have to win the conference tournament to get in right that's their only chance they're not a bubble team because of their schedule. So Ken Palm makes the, the point that if you take the bubble teams and he's he's going at by uh, bracketmatrix.com and the teams that were listed as an at-large selection at the 10, 11, or 12 seed uh, listed as one of the first four out as of Monday morning. So he lists these 14 teams in Arizona State and Arkansas and Cincinnati and Florida is one of them. And so he compares that if you took those 14 bubble teams, uh, they have played 38 true road games against top 40 teams this season. And in those 38 true road games against top 40 teams, their combined record is 4-34. and 34. So what is Stephen F. Austin's record against the top 40 in true road games? Well, it's 1-1. One and one. They beat Duke and they lost to Rutgers. So his argument there is that if you just use these numbers and and start looking at what would those bubble teams do against Stephen F. Austin's schedule, well, another one of his points is that they are, Stephen F. Austin is 9-0 in road games against teams ranked between 175 and 300. What well, stinks? Who cares, right? Well, the bubble group is ten and three in such games, so there's something to be. They're not automatic wins, are they? Okay. You so, uh, so if we do this, if we do this for Kentucky, right? Kentucky's got one, 
two, three, four, five, six. They got six wins against top 100 teams on the road and two losses. Um, they got their two and one against the top 40 on the road. Let's see. Stephen F. Austin is one and one. Texas Tech, LSU, and the loss to Auburn. Yeah. So this, that's so, the point. So you take, you take another team uh, that's on the bubble. You take the bubble team. You put their schedule uh, in Kentucky's. And uh, like I said, I, I don't think I'm smart enough to figure out just how they do it. But he has this dude, Seth Byrne. Uh, he has a whole spreadsheet on the rankings. And it's wins above bubble Ken Palm. Uh, wins above bubble Sagarin, uh Massey. And then he takes those three and averages it. And then he has this thing called Pythag, which is like Pythagorean theory. Theorem. Pythagorean win <laughs> expectation. See, that's why I can't do this. Once you throw Pythagorean in there, I'm out. <laughs> so, do, but, what, do we have any idea, like what this, what, how this relates to to Kentucky? Like so, the question that was posed to us about Kentucky. Well, he he was just uh, the the question that was posed is just what do you think about the metric? Oh, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I think it's yeah. always interesting to to use. Um, sound math, I guess, to uh, to do this instead of just trying, like, especially when it comes to like this pool of teams that you're, you know, the last few that are going to get in and say, oh, eye test. I mean, who can who freaking can do an eye test on all these teams for one, no. a thorough one? Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of times you're comparing apples to oranges because you don't, they don't all play the same kind of schedule, all that stuff. Um. So yeah, I mean, I like I like finding a smart way to to look at these teams and compare them for sure. Yeah. So for for Ken Pomeroy, he says, you know, he, I'm not making an argument that major versus mid major. He, he's like, I'm not I'm not in that. Um, I think once you go down that road, you lose objectivity anyway. So he's basically arguing for look at the numbers. You've got ten people who are on the selection committee. You have these numbers and these tools available to use. Trust them. That and and don't try to do the eye test is is basically what he's he's saying. So he gives credibility to this wins above bubble concept. Yeah. Uh, because it's. Um, I I found a I found a Bleacher Report article on it uh, from last year, and it's it's. This is how they describe it. It's like war in baseball wins above replacement, where you're trying to calculate um, how many games a team won because it had a specific player instead of a replacement level player. Um, And wins above the bubble, you're trying to calculate how many wins an average bubble team should get against each schedule and then compares it to what each team actually accomplished. Right. so you basically measure all the bubble teams against each other, against against each other's schedules. Um, you you develop an expectation for what a good an average bubble team should have, and then if they fell below that line, you know, you ding them. If they were above it, you elevate them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all a very nerdy way of saying like you're you're trying your best to have an actual uh, 
concrete reason to put teams in or out and not just going like, I test, I test. Right. Like one quality win. Because uh, every year, Dick Vitale gets on, oh, UNC Greensboro was robbed, baby. <laughs> and so that's that's really what this comes down to is trying to be able to point to and say, well, they're in because of this. You want to argue that you didn't get in? Here's why you didn't get in. They got in because because of this and, and point to the numbers and really that's what it comes down to. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I think it's a, a fine idea, but, um, this particular season, I'm not sure. Cause so, some of these numbers just seem, they just seem out of whack to me that the, uh, I just, I don't know. I watch enough basketball that I think when I see and watch big 10 games. I mean, if you if you took Minnesota and put them in the SEC and they played, you know, I don't know, Alabama's schedule or something, how would they do? Um that's that, because the computer to me is not saying uh that accurately. It's just not spitting it out properly this this year anyway. Yeah. Uh, but gosh, we're way over. Let's just go. Let's wrap this thing up. You guys have a good weekend. We've we're way too over. Much. Never. Yeah, it's just always Kentucky that. plays Florida on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that after on, it's done. Mm-hmm, exactly. And uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Follow us on Twitter at D R I E F F E R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Go to the Athletic. Subscribe. Read the Nick Richards story and lots of other stuff. That'd be awesome. Thanks. All right. Yeah, and watch Out of Bounds Sunday night at uh, 1030 on Fox 56. We'll also recap the uh, Florida-Kentucky game and all the action in the SEC over the weekend. All right, see you guys. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.